there is no cold open. So we can just skip that part. What's up? Welcome to Invite to Review, the name I kept from last week. Don't look at Ray's face. Uh, it's not disgust. It's it's orgasmic almost. So you need to it's relax. He might need to put some pants on. That's the stupidity. Invite to Review. Uh, <laughs> play the song now. Incredible. Uh, anyway. Yeah, and as invite to review. Yeah, basically, it's incredible. Has me singing. Um, and I, you know, did stuff to it. But anyway, um, we are going to be talking about The Batman with uh, Robert Pattinson. Um, so if you have not watched that, skip this. Don't listen to this. Unless you want to see if you should listen to it or watch it. So we can do spoiler-free-ish stuff at the beginning. We'll let you know if there's spoilers later. So we can let you know what we think first before you decide to go and spend three hours watching a movie you might be tepid on, which is weird because it's it looks really good, I think, from the trailers and everything. But uh, why don't you guys go first? What would you uh, what'd you think of this movie? I Dave, I think, it. said he liked it. Yeah, you liked it. I liked it. Ray, did you like it? Uh you liked it okay so we all liked it we all give it a thumbs up so if you just need that to give you a little push to go see it go see it um uh so i would recommend going seeing it so i actually you know what from here on out it's gonna be spoilers possibly so if you haven't watched it go watch it now because we already said go watch it awesome thank you have fun enjoy it bye it's on hbo max all right so um yeah I thought I don't I can't really think of anything I didn't like about it and I liked it more than the Dark Knight I think I think uh, I like his Batman a lot more to be honest his Batman's fine I like his, the voice he uses when he's Batman better the only mm-hmm. difference the, the only problem that I have with his portrayal is there's not enough distinction between Bruce Wayne and Batman <laughs> he sounds and and has the same mannerisms as both um, mm-hmm. he, you know, he's kind of like, a, he might as well still be wearing the black raccoon eyes. You know what I mean? When he's, when he's Bruce yeah. Wayne. Cause like, mm-hmm. if you don't know that that's, that's him, mm-hmm. it's kind of, kind of odd. That's the only, only thing that I will really say negative about his portrayal. I, I think that that's he true. got similar to Michael Keaton back in 89. He has gotten a raw deal with people prejudging what they think that his performance would be. Mm-hmm. And I think he did really well. He didn't really come off as a billionaire playboy to me as Bruce Wayne. He seemed kind of like he's a better like Batman maybe than Bruce more Wayne. realistic. Yeah. So yeah, here, sure. here's a secret. Um, it, you can go through ten sequential issues of Batman in any given time, and you'll see Bruce Wayne show up for two panels in one comic. He's mm-hmm. most of the time Batman. It's okay. Yeah. <laughs> oh, yeah, nobody, like, nobody focuses on the Bruce Wayne part. No writer in their history has focused on the Bruce Wayne part. He seemed like yeah, a sullen teenager that, Batman or Bruce Wayne almost. Like he's yeah, very he, he emo-ish. He didn't. He didn't come across like in order to protect his secret identity. When he appears as Bruce Wayne, usually it's a, a he, he's kind of a dick. You know what I mean? He's he's far removed from the altruistic batman that we know like yeah i think uh, you know as much as i hated the the christian bale batman voice 
like he did a good job of separate like you know what i mean he was kind of that like playboy asshole you know what i mean and i sometimes bought the restaurant his, hmm. yeah yeah like you know he he did he did a good job of differentiating the two now granted this is only two years after the death of his parents uh he's probably a little bit more morose now than he will be in the future as Bruce Wayne, you know, he's still kind of in that grieving. It was process. two years after? Yeah, this was year, year oh. two of being Batman. So um, that means it was about seven years after then. If this right. was well, year two know, of him, two, yeah, yeah. Two years okay. into his, his journey of being Batman. So he's still a relatively fresh Batman and, uh, you know, relatively young. So mm-hmm. I, I I just think that the public persona, it's kind of like – him, him being a playboy dick is kind of the the Clark Kent glasses that he needs to to keep his secret identity a secret. Mm-hmm. But like you said, is it a big deal? No. It's a small nitpick in, in what was otherwise a really good Batman detective noir story. Mm-hmm. With, you know, it definitely had hints of like, you know, like new war detective films like it was one uh outline of a sexy broad outside of a a frosted window (laughs) on the detective agency away from being you know that type of movie you know Mm -hmm. yeah uh i mean they they did explain a way why he's not a playboy in the in movie in character they explained all that away because alfred's like dude you can't survive without actually being bruce wayne too so he hasn't been really outsider doing a whole lot that and when he was on the when when he was what were they doing they were oh they were about to go to the funeral and he's acting all Mm -hmm. weird on the stairs he's looking at uh, falcone the whole bit he had the exact same look on his face that keaton did when he first sees the joker on the steps of city hall doing that stupid walk through the gunfight towards him. The same thing. It was the same thing. Just up instead of Michael Keaton's down. Do you think in the inevitable sequel, they might like, he might like grow or whatever, then kind of turn into that Bruce Wayne? Um, Or I I would imagine, I would imagine. So now that he realized he almost lost Alfred, I'm sure there's going to be some character growth there for him to listen to him a little bit more. Does that make Mm -hmm. sense? Uh, this this particular incarnation of Batman has quickly, quickly after two viewings, uh, become my favorite iteration of Batman on film. I'm gonna watch it again. I think as well. I I really liked a lot of it too. Um, the, I mean, uh, the last two kind of versions we had. No, no, not the last two. The uh, this one and the Christopher Nolan Batman series uh, seemed more like realistic, but in their own ways. Um, this seemed more like even, I don't know, grittier realistic because like his Batmobile is still kind of like, you know, it's a jet car, obviously, but it's like a muscle car versus like his hyper, you know, developed billion dollar Batmobile in the Christopher Nolan ones. Um, he like when he goes like uh, off the off the building when he's running from the cops, he messes up and like wipes out on the wingsuit versus uh nolan's where he like perfectly shoots into like the japanese building to like grab the guy yeah um 
this is you... this is the Batman I grew up with in the mm-hmm. early eight early to late eighties. There was an uh, a writer, uh, Norm Brayfogle, okay, and he wrote specifically detective comics for like eight years. Mm-hmm. Um, I grew up formatively on Batman with those books, and they were all hard boiled detective stories. The villains were, were grounded. There was nobody freezing up in t- you know, the entirety of Gotham or anything like that. It was, it was definitely more, I don't want to say grounded. It was still fantastical. There was still him coming out of the shadows, grabbing a dude, knocking him out. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. It was still stuff like that. But that Batman was not inf- infallible. He wasn't the, I just need nine minutes to prepare and I could take out the Avengers. He's not that mm-hmm. Batman, you know, which I hate. I hate the super Batman that they, that, comic fans have created as of recently where he's just smarter than everyone to the point that he only needs time to beat anyone. I hate that. Mm -hmm. I want the world's greatest detective because those stories were so, Oh, grimy, you know, Mm -hmm. this, you know, but he was Batman. So he had a different set of rules. It was a crime, a crime noir where everybody had the same rules as that genre, except for Batman who didn't have those rules. He had his own. Mm-hmm. You know, he had to stick by the no guns, you know, I'm not going to kill anybody type of thing um, yeah. and and made the stories harder for him. But, you know, those hurdles allowed him to become a, a better Batman in the, you know, he came out better for it at that point, came out heroic, even with a grimier sco- uh, story. So this is this is fitting perfectly with how I grew up with Batman, this movie. Does it feel is this like a we I feel like the old Batman was like the beginning of where we really started using the term gritty reboot. Uh, Do you think this is a grittier reboot, even grittier? No, 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 I I don't think it like it didn't increase the grit. It increased the noir. Yeah. Okay. The detective. Catwoman's a femme fatale. You know what I mean? Um, Kravitz. Everything about this being a crime drama was what was important to this, right? There's a ser- there's a dude out there killing people. He's a bad dude, and that's why uh, Dave and I were talking that the next movie should be around a serial killer, like uh, yeah. plastic like Zaz. like Zaz or Professor Pig or uh, a couple of his others. I calendar want them man. To, the calendar man. I want them Cal- to stay away from the Joker. I know that Matt Reeves has expressed interest in uh, Mr. Freeze. And I'm like, please, dear God, don't do that. Uh, Although him going from Riddler and making Riddler really awesome, which is my number one Batman villain of all time, to doing my number two, which is Mr. Freeze of all time, (laughs) would be amazing for me personally. But I kind of want to see – I do want to see more detective stuff. The stuff that we saw in this movie was fantastic. It even somehow showed us like the whole detective work involved with trying to find I, this I guy. I want to see mm-hmm. Seven, but with Batman instead of Brad Pitt. Like that's what I want to see for this next one. Mm-hmm. I want to uh, continue to see Penguin it's in a good this kind of like side role where he's like kind of like an informant, but he's yeah. playing both sides. You know, he could be that through character on the evil side, or, or uh, even in the background, never, the fall of yeah. Harvey Dent. You know, yeah, in the background I, I of it definitely, all. Definitely, yeah, work that kind of stuff in. But like, I I want to see something on the level of seven, but with with Batman. So like Zaz or or Pig, 
would be perfect you know like like any any of those those type of characters the ones that that you know are pretty close to being you know real uh and like, like we said when we were talking on your porch like that could be like this through line where then you eventually get to a Jonathan Crane or a Hugo Strange or a Court of Owls Court of that Owls, are behind yeah. the whole thing. They're the ones who who set that serial killer on his path, or yeah, you know, like you you build a bigger detective story with with nuance and layers like throughout these 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 solo movies where he's going through and taking out these villains one by one, and then you work your way into the you know the the bigger picture movie where then all bets are off and you can you know have the comic booky action you know after he's already solved the 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 crimes like i think like that's fine with me but but right now i'd like to see it go down a darker path it can be the darkness that that allows dc to have light in all the rest of their movies because this Mm -hmm. one is dark enough to take it yeah, you know, that's what it needs. Like the, the, the Batman is supposed to be that character for DC. He is supposed to be the one dealing with like this, so that Flash has to deal with Reverse Flash or you know Captain Rogues. Cold. Yeah, or, Captain yeah, Cold yeah, and Heat Wave. Yeah, like more lighthearted, so that you don't have all their movies being gritty. You know, through the gritty prism, uh, where everything's so damn uh, sad and, yeah and, and blue I, filters I, on everything <laughs> i honestly don't think that the next incarnation should have batman other than as a, a showing up in a couple of scenes you know what i was I mean? gonna say um i want to talk about the villain in a minute but uh just thinking like like let's say like three or four there's no way this batman can be in like a ensemble film can he like i can never see this batman next to like a happy superman or like martian manhunter or something like silly I like think it's that done, done right and treated with the respect that the justice league deserves like a true justice league where yeah. batman may be part of the justice league but he definitely has his own ulterior motives and agendas mm-hmm. like files on every one of them on how to take them out or he solves the puzzle him. they send him all yeah. the stuff you know have a whole scene yeah. of it He's like, they come down to the cave. Yeah, they come down yeah. to the cave and say, "All right, we can't figure out the next step here." You know what I mean? <laughs> that would that would really yeah. go miles. And then he doesn't have to be part of the action. You could just have it like shit blown up everywhere, and nobody trying to figure out how Batman didn't die in that last nuclear explosion of Superman's fist against somebody's face. He, he, he jumped in the refrigerator. That's how he just don't no. don't. Oh, oh no. <laughs> um. So obviously, like, I feel like the uh, Heath Ledger has like, de- I don't know. He's basically like done Joker, and he's kind of like, I guess I would say the standard set the standard for like a villain in a DC movie at this point. How do you think uh, my boy Paul Dano did? Oh, well, definitely a different different take on Riddler. I it's not my favorite take on Riddler. Mm-hmm. Uh, that goes hands down to the gentleman who played him, and I forget his name, but on Gotham. I, I love that, that dude trailer. played him. That dude yeah. played him picture perfect for what you would see as the Riddler. But again, the Norm Brayfogle run had the Riddler, you know, challenging Batman on this on this giant heist, and he put the riddle inside a ping pong, and in order to escape, pushed it down an infant's throat, so Batman had to save the infant so he could walk. 
Like, I'm serious. That was the Riddler that I uh, grew up with. Uh, uh, dude- I, I still think the betrayal. Uh, but here's the thing. I will have a, a caveat to that. Um, the reason I like that, just like I like Robin Lord Taylor, he's the best penguin, uh, bar none. Uh, they had the time to develop those storylines over seasons upon seasons of content. Just like why I think that Michael Rosenbaum is the best Lex Luthor that's ever been on, on screen because they got to take their time and yep. explain the, the reasoning behind the motivation of why they became who they are. And, and the movies, especially in the case of villains don't tend to spend a lot of time on their origins. It's usually just, here's the origin of the good guy. Here's the bad guy. He just wants, you know, his motives are he wants power money or if it's Lex Luthor, apparently land because that's how he gets money and power all the time. He's a real <laughs> I, estate. He, he's basically yeah. Donald Trump. Um, I, I bad, agree with bad you. hair wig thing and uh, you know land schemes. Um, mm-hmm. <laughs> so to go along with that, I'm going to agree with Dave, but go one further. Uh, Marvel characters are punchier and they can be on the big screen with more success. DC characters require backstory. They're all very complicated in certain senses. Um, even something yeah, like, like, like Hawkman, he's both a hawk and a man. He's a Hawkman, or uh, <laughs> which know, Hawkman? Like lantern. He has a lantern. It's green. He's Green sure. Lantern. You know, they're, they're very nuanced characters with a lot of subtle layers, like 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 an onion. <laughs> uh, I'm I'm saying that they took a lot out of Superman's movie. They took a you know, and in this one, they just jumped right in. But we've also had eight other Batman movies that we don't really need to know. We've already explored that. Same thing happened with Spider-Man, right? We don't need these origin stories anymore, and it came out better for it. But if they want to like start doing some stuff with villains and getting deep into that psychology, Batman villains require, I was agreeing with you, episodic con- content, not not a single yeah. movie. Um, so unless they, they decide to yeah. do without any of the uh, – uh, origin stories for any of them and just have them in the middle of a scheme, that would be fine. You know, Hey, 90% of the time, the villains are more interesting than the heroes when it comes to DC. So how did you feel about like the storyline itself with like, or like how it was, uh, how it filled out, like how he kind of felt like he was working with Batman to take down the bad guys. Cause he saw like he was working the, with the government. Yeah. So it was kind of, I think that was an interesting theme to, uh, to go with because you could definitely see someone being like, Oh yeah, this guy's taking it to his own hands. Why can't I like take out the, the you know, especially political. Yeah, but I'm not wearing hockey pads. Yeah. There's a little <laughs> bit of that. I, and I get that, especially in year two where his influence is doing something. So, you know, people on the fringe might be, might be picking that up to do that as well. Um, mm-hmm. uh, yeah. I think, I, uh, I, I, I think, yeah, what I were you going to say? I went through the entire movie not thinking Riddler was the bad guy. Mm-hmm. I'm serious. I thought he was working for someone else mm-hmm. the entire time. <laughs> uh, no, I, 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 I did. I, I really that. thought it was going to be, you know, we, we manipulated him into thinking this way. Like all the actions were his, but mm-hmm. he was set in motion by something else, which is why we had this much longer discussion here. Uh, Dave and I about like the future or trilogy of movies or whatever, or how that path plays out because I legitimately uh, thought he was 
put onto this task somehow. Like, how does this one dude find all this stuff out in the city that nobody else is? But then, you know, he's it's kind a, of the Riddler. You know. Well, that's like that didn't that didn't really uh, throw me off so much as I really thought that the whole like uh, Bruce hired uh, Falcone to, to rough up the the uh, oh the reporter. reporter because yeah I oh thought Thomas that was yeah be, Thomas Wayne yeah. I thought that was going to lead more into the Court of Owls and that was going to be like the little hook into like Court of Owls where. Where instead of it being like, yeah, Thomas Wayne asked, it was, no, the court asked me. And then Batman's like, who's the court? You know, and then, then it would lead into something of that nature. But instead, it tied back to Thomas. And then Bruce has like a 10-second existential crisis about who his dad is, and then he's better again. Uh, what, what because happened? Alfred's still alive. That's all that counts, <laughs> yeah, man. Yeah. Alfred's still yeah. alive. I just thought, I thought that was the moment, if there was a moment in this movie where you could have hooked the, the court in. The like the the court wants to bury this because they have plans for Thomas Wayne. That would have been the time to put Court of Owls into the movie uh, mm, to set up we'll for see. future movies. But uh, anyway, wishful thinking. I I think it's leaps and bounds. It, it I, I feel like this movie didn't have as much studio in, interference as Justice League and absolutely yeah, absolutely none. Yeah. They oh my god! Were like you know what? We fucked up enough. You do it. <laughs> we'll stay out of it this time. And, and, and Bugs Bunny turned around and, and put his fluffy you know tail towards this movie and walked away. That's a really <laughs> good point. Maybe they gave up on this whole thing and then it turned out so incredibly well and made so much money. And that's why we're getting the recent, uh, recent information that they plan on making this a whole thing and then not interfering at all, like right. leaving it to one dude. Yeah. That, that's what, when, when, when Marvel set the groundwork of we're going to do this our way, we're not going to let us do, we are going to make a studio specifically so that nobody interferes with this. Mm-hmm. And we're going to have one, one unique vision united together from the beginning. I, I they, they have set a precedence that it's a, it's a proven formula. Now DC needs to either, you know, shamelessly steal somebody else's homework or just go with solo movies where like, you know, like Shazam where they're not really tying it in. Or if they do, it's really loosely because that movie worked. Shazam worked and, it was and this movie worked. Mm-hmm. Other than that, the, they're very hit or miss, very hit or miss. And I think that a lot of that has to do with, Oh, the studio interference says that mm-hmm. we need, you know, this in the movie or DCU. this, this test well, or the, you know, whatever it is. But Anyway, our 10-minute review is now 22 minutes long. I need to go to the bathroom. It was awesome. Go ahead it was awesome. Say, we have to give it to, out of 10. Out of 10. Out what are you giving it out of 10? I know. I don't know. Didn't I already do this once? I feel like I already... This is a 9.7 for me. No, Holy not, shit. Not even close. But I will give you, it... Like After I watched it again, I, I feel like this is a solid 7.2. 7.2. Dave can eat shit and die. He's always wrong. Don't listen to him. There you go. I'm going That's a good eight, score. Eight point. I'm Seven giving it. That is a good Dave score. Dave is a good Dave score. Dave is a good Dave score. For a DC movie where the, the median score is probably around a three, this is a yeah. fucking score. <laughs> and I don't even score Marvel movies into the near the 10. So That's true. That's true. There you go. Uh, uh, I'm going with my gut. Score. 
I'm going to go with a, well, I want to say eight. I don't know why. My brain, I was thinking 8.5, but something inside me said eight. I don't know. I love this film. No, I'm doing 8.5, 8.5. So 9.7 rank, 8.5, Jeremy. Um, I just thought about the music. The music was really, it was different than a lot of the Christopher Nolan stuff, which influenced a ton of like cinematic scores going forward. So hearing something that was different than that and like different than like most movies was just like refreshing. It was great. Yeah. Even though I, I do love the Dune score and that was like droning and everything. But uh, 20, but yeah. 24 minutes and I really have to go to the bathroom. So That'll be it for this invite to review. Thanks for coming to the review later. We don't really have an ending for this, I don't think. Dos, dos. <laughs> Dope. Uh, <whatever>. Bye. <laughs>